tell me where in the world is crime in San Diego. Welcome back to Where in the World is Crime in San Diego. This is Maya Miliette, uh, preliminary hearing day six. Okay, guys, so we're going to keep this one nice and short and sweet. We left off with JP on the stand and talking about that weird FaceTime that he had with him on January 8th, where he said that he had went to work all day, left his son with his aunt, and then had just gotten home and was surrounded by the kids with no Maya. And then on January 9th, JP asked him, the conversation came up again, and this time Larry said that he had drove around all day with Lazarus eating french fries, which was very different from what he had said the day before. So this was like a, one of the bigger red flags for JP. Um, that was the end of his statement during the cross-examination. Benita tried to question why the family would still host a quote-unquote party for Maya's daughter if she was missing and if they were concerned. She So the judge told her that, like, that's not up to our interpretation. One, it wasn't a party. It was a family gathering. Like, that's not for us to judge. And then she tried to say that JP had agreed to be hired by Larry to find a hitman, like, if he knew his job, which, again, was a misrepresentation of his testimony. And on lastly, on January 11th, JP had texted Larry saying, like, I still love you, like, no matter what happens. And that's a very vague statement, didn't really break into anything. But she tried to say that if he was suspicious of Larry at that point, then why would you tell someone that you love them? Like, your character's questionable. And at that point, the judge stepped in and there was a lot of points where he got really frustrated. But in this one, he said, well, they've known each other for 20 years. He's the father of his nieces. They're a religious family. They're going through a difficult time. Like, that's not for you to speculate what is and isn't normal behavior. So it doesn't apply. So like he drew the line there. After that, we moved on to Brian Mansfield, who was Baya's new boss from June of 2020 to January of 2021. And he says that Maya did step down in rank. She was a GS-13, but she was making more money because they paid her an incentive to switch. And she stressed that the reason she wanted to move is because she wanted upward mobility which he told her is going to be hard and you're going to have to work at it, but I'm willing to help you get there. He goes on to state that Maya came with a really good reputation. She was well-known. She was very professional. She did amazing in her interview. And her work was really good up until November of 2020 when they saw like a deep decline in her work efforts. And they set up a meeting with her in December to kind of like see where she's at, maybe like a progress plan. And that's when she disclosed that she was having a really difficult time with her separation. And that's why it was affecting her work. Yeah, going through a separation and, and having that just weigh you down every single day. It's it's something that just it just knocks you. It just it you can't concentrate. So I can see how that would affect her work ethic. The last conversation he had with Maya was on January 7th when she texted him in the morning saying that her child care plans fell through. And that she wasn't, even though she was teleworking, she wasn't able to work. Like, she wasn't able to focus. She had her kids. Like, just wasn't going to happen. So she said, is there a way that I can work later or make up the hours at another time? Because I need to be with my kids. And her job was pretty flexible in this sense. Like, they were teleworking. They had office hours. But it was possible to work later or earlier if you needed it. 
And the cool thing about her job is it was Monday through Thursday and then every other Friday they were off. So if you did work on that Friday, it was a short day. And if you didn't, then you were off. So she only asked for the seventh and it was kind of like midday where she's like, I'm trying. It's not working out. And that was the last conversation they had. She never requested the eighth off, even though she had planned to go to Big Bear on the eighth. It's not clear she was planning to work and then go or she was off that Friday and she was just going to head up there. They didn't really bring that up. So after he testified, we moved on to Justin Bostick, who was the district attorney investigator in South Bay at the time of Maya's case. And his job was to go through all of anything online, anything public information, and to see what's circling out there. So after getting 150 hits, he was looking for anything that could qualify as evidence. So he went through national and local TV coverage. He went through the Dr. Phil show, the Good Morning America, all the NBC, CBS. He went through YouTube channels. He also listened to podcasts, which shout out. That's really cool. And then he um, ended up collecting everything. He also found like the Help Find Maya Facebook page. And he cited that the family started posting missing person flyers as of January 10th. And it was Maya's sister that put her phone number for any contact or the Chilvis Police Department. So that was kind of like showing Larry's involvement in helping find his missing wife. But he searched anything from January 10th to current day, which was this investigation was ran back in March of 2020. So I can only imagine the amount of man hours that took. Last to go on the stand today was Kirsten Timmers, and she was Maya's co-worker and then turned into one of her best friends. Like all work besties, they had a Facebook messenger chat. They had their text message group chats. I'm sure they use all sorts of social media. As they said, Maya was very social on her phone. But primary source of contact was usually their Facebook group or text message. And they had a group chat convo going and Maya was talking about like her perspective on the marriage and like her struggles. And on March 9th, somehow in the middle of the conversation or later in the day, Larry admits that it's him on Maya's Facebook. Like, Wait, he's the one having the conversation. What? Yeah. No way. Which obviously became very awkward. So from that point on, her friends considered doing, like, code words where, like, you'd have to say a certain, like, fact that only they would know. So in case it was him in the conversation, they would catch him. Wow. Which is just really extreme, but. That's the first time I've heard of. I know he had the login information, mm-hmm. but that's the first that this information has come out. She was a big part because obviously talking to Maya every day, whether it was individually or in the group chat, like she was able to lay out the timeline from she was working overseas in Japan for like a year or two or a couple years. She came back in July of 2020 and she said at that point, Maya still had an interest in trying to work on the marriage. She was still torn. It was a father of her kids. They had been together 20 years like she wasn't so quick to leave. And as time went on and things got worse and worse. She says that Maya became more assertive in wanting the separation and wanting the divorce and like figuring out how to make it happen. And like that timeline, I mean, there was multiple instances in between. One of the bigger ones was on August of 2020. When Maya found that phone in her daughter's car, she called her friend on the phone to like vent about it. And Larry was knocking on the door outside of her room, trying to beg her to come out. And then he would send the kids to knock on the door. And then when she wouldn't come out, He broke the door or he punched it and like got in. 
and Maya accidentally snapped a picture of the door and sent it to her group chat. And now the girls look back on it and think maybe it was like a cry for help. Like she was trying to show them how bad it was. But during the whole phone call, like as Maya's trying to express her feelings and she's like, give me a minute. I'll be right there. Like, just let me talk this out. Obviously, she was visibly upset and Larry just would not give her that space. And in that same photo, there's two holes. There's one that's patched and one that's fresh. And when her friends asked, like, why do you have a patch on your door? She mentioned like, oh, that was from a previous incident with Larry. Like he's done this before. And she kind of just like rides it off like if it's a normal thing. Did they show that picture of that door in the They courtroom? did not show it because it was a screenshot in between text messages. So I think they have to like clean it up to show it. Mm. The next big incident that she refers to is um, Maya finding the subliminal messages and the speakers in her room. And at that point, her friends decided to do like a intervention with her and kind of like ask her, like, what do you need help with? How do you need to get out? Like, this is obviously getting out of hand. But it was also their Christmas gift exchange dinner. So they didn't know if to like just let her have fun for a night or if to get serious. And like they actually have a moment to get her attention. They ended up deciding to call her attention on it. And she basically expresses two main concerns. One, she doesn't want to lose custody of her children. And the primary caregivers for the kids were Larry's parents when they were living with her. So she knew she didn't have anybody in her family that like could devote that kind of time to the kids. And she had to work to support them. So that was like her biggest like con to lose them. The second one was financials because Larry had changed all of the bank account passwords. He had changed the combination to their safe. So she had no access to any of the assets or money or any valuables. So in order to retain a lawyer, she was going to need cash. So she had started to use her credit card to pay for any outings and she would ask people to pay her in cash so she would get her hands on something and kind of start saving little by little. She also found out that Larry invested all of their assets, including like the kids savings funds into Bitcoin and crypto. That's why he was so big into it, because they had put all of their money into that, even though she had told him, like, leave the kids accounts alone and only invest like a portion Like, give it a try with a little bit, see if it takes off. And he decided to just go all or nothing. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot to take in. Like, oh, I mean, look at crypto now. And I mean, he's in jail, so I don't know. It's it's this is just taking everything to a whole nother level like this. This just this conversation alone or this testimony alone. Is a huge bombshell of showing the how, how control. Well, wait, is. there's more. Oh my gosh! So she also confirmed in a text message chain that Larry had threatened to reopen the investigation if Maya left, and that she had ta- had to call her ex boss Derek to give him a heads up. And she knew who Derek was because they obviously worked together at one point. And this text message was on January sixth, so the day before everything happened. She also sent a screenshot of the conversation she was having with Larry on January seventh. She texted her friends around 5.47 p.m. saying that Larry wants, if she leaves, Larry wants 100% of the custody. And she sent like the LOL laughing emoji. And that he wanted to use all of their joint assets to buy Maya out of the house so that she would move out. So he wanted to keep the house and the kids and basically just get rid of her. That's crazy. So Maya actually had huge plans coming up. She had planned to go hike the Grand Canyon for her 40th birthday. 
she had planned now the in-laws had moved out in late 2020 or December 2020. She wanted to redecorate her home. She had planned to do a Hawaii trip after her birthday. She didn't clarify if it was going to be like a girl's trip or a family trip. She just wanted to go. Do you remember they grew up there? So it's a sweet spot for her. She had actually also voiced that she was doing going to therapy and she really liked her therapist. Like she felt like she was getting help. So she was in like a really good mental spot. On January 7th, in that same messenger chat, she messaged saying, uh, I need to get away without Larry and the kids soon. And Bonita uses to say like, oh, this is proof that like she wanted to run off because in other instances, she'd also mentioned like, I need a break. Us girls should just go away somewhere. But the second part of that text was, I found a lawyer, affordable price, and I had my meeting on Tuesday. And the defense obviously didn't present that part. And in the previous text where she said, I wish we could all get away, or I wish we could all just go away. She put dot, 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 LOL. I wish I could, even if it's just for a couple days, which like, of course, she was a mother. She's going through separation. She works full time. Like, those aren't shockers. It's not like a statement that like somebody doesn't make on a daily basis. But they did try to misrepresent a lot of the claims that were made today. And it just, it got ugly. She tried to prove that Maya was indecisive because back in May, she wanted to stay together. And by the end of the year, she wanted to divorce. So the judge told her she was trying to speculate on Maya's feelings, which obviously that's why we're here. So you can't do that. She just made a lot of accusations. She had a really hard time staying on topic. It's just, it's dragging out way more than it should. But that was the gist of today's trial. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Stay tuned. Well, thank you for um, staying update, up to date with this one, Angie, because I was busy all day and I had technical difficulties. And Well, they also had technical difficulties during Kristen's first part where the prosecution was doing the interview, which is hard to tell the questions about Larry identifying himself in the messenger because all of that was cut. Like all the networks cut out. Mm. So the mic was very spotty. The cameras weren't working. And jokingly in the messages, somebody said like, oh, it's Larry's witchcraft working <laughs> on the cameras. And I bet you during cross-examination, they're going to be back up. Wow. Sure enough, during cross, they were right back to where they needed to. Mm. Okay, I see. So the chat, the live chat on this video, guys, is hilarious. Like if you get bored and you want to go check out the commentary, it's it's worth it. Um, the eight hours of court, probably not. But we will bring you up to date tomorrow on what comes next. Tell me where in the world is crime in San Diego. Hey,